With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anytime anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Well, good evening, Pittsburgh Steelers fans. Welcome to another episode of Steelers Friday Night Six Pack. I am your host, as always, Tony DeFeo, and it's 50-some degrees. And you know me, I don't like cold weather anymore at the age of 5'0", so anything above 5'0 is good by me. And I, as I always say, I hope it's nice and pleasant wherever you are right now, watching me live or listening. Listening to me later. All right, before I continue with tonight's show, I want to ask you, please, as I always do, to like and subscribe to Behind the Store Curtains Facebook YouTube channel. Bring you live shows each and every day and night, including this show. Earlier on Friday, we had the, the uh, Touchdown Under show with Maddie Peverall and Mark Davison. We will have uh, post game coverage on Sunday. Uh, with Jeff, Brian, Anthony Davis, and Dave Schofield. Monday, we have The Hangover with Brian, me, and Shannon White. Tuesday, we have The Scobro Show with Dave and his brother, Rich Schofield. Wednesday, we have, have Know Your Enemy with Jeffrey Benedict and Shannon. Thursday, we have The Preview with, with uh, Jeff Hartman, Dave, and Brian. Uh, we have We Run the North with Kevin Tate and his, his buddies. They discuss all things AFC North related. Um, and you can catch all those shows live on Facebook. And you can also check them out. And uh, please also check out our audio only host of shows, including Let's Ride with Jeff Hartman, The War Room with Maddie Peverell, uh, Bad Language with Brian Anthony Davis, 
here we go to Steelers show with Brian and and Kevin. I'm sorry, yeah, Kevin Smith uh, from the cutting room floor with Jeffrey Benedict. The Steelers fix with Andrew Wilbar and and uh, Jeffrey. I'm, I'm sorry, Jeremy Betts. The state of the Steelers with with uh, Dan and Bill Christ. So please check all those out, and also check out behind the store curtain the website. We bring you news, commentary, film breakdown. And we bring that to you each and every day. And we're always updating the site. It's the hard, hardest working Steelers site around. And you will not be sorry. Check it out. And let's see who we have in the live chat with us tonight. Who was the first one in? Kathy Ford. Who's uh, asking if Jared Devil's there. Of course, Jared Devil has to be here. He's always here. Um, George Teston. Let's ruin it. Randy, that's a pretty good one. I like that name. Uh, and Kathy says she's inter- uh, interrupting her packing just to listen and watch the watch the six pack. And I am honored. Where are you going? Hope it's a nice uh, tropical destination. Uh, Deb Skovronski is with us. Brad Jewett. I haven't seen Brad in a while. Brad Jewett's with us. Welcome, Brad. Jared Devil. There's Jared Devil. He's he's right right here. Just me is with us. Randall Jordan. Who says next next game against the Falcons? Steelers 23-20, they win. All right. Well, that's a that's a uh, interesting uh, prediction. Brian Brown is with us. Okay, we have a nice group in here tonight, and let's talk, talk about first of all the Pittsburgh uh, victory over the Colts on Monday night, a 24-17 victory. And I thought in many ways it was Pittsburgh's most complete game of the year. And it's becoming a more common theme as of late because I thought the same thing after the, the uh, Saints win, win uh, 20 weeks later. But I thought Pittsburgh controlled things for the vast majority of, of Monday's game. They jumped out to a 16-3 first half lead. They really should have had a probably a, a bigger lead, but you know, for them, 16 to three is pretty good. And the offense was efficient. Uh, they may have left some points on the field, um, but 16 to three is pretty good lead. And the defense is playing lights out uh, in that first half. Uh, but then the second half, uh, Dallas Flowers returned the second half kickoff, 89 yards. And that seemed to shift the momentum. And by late in the third quarter, the Colts had taken a 17 to 16 lead and you kind of had that weird sinking feeling that, all right, here we go again. Pittsburgh's going to let one get away. Kind of like they did against the Bengals. You can say the same thing against in the, in, from the, the Patriots game. Of course, the Jets game when they blew a 20 to 10 fourth quarter lead. Uh, so you kind of had that. Here we go again, feeling, but to their credit, the Steelers offense answered the Colts' second touchdown of the second half by marching 75 yards on 11 plays, and and uh, they took a 22-17 to 17 lead thanks to a Benny Snell football two-yard touchdown. Uh, and then they, they went ahead 24-17 when Pickett found George Pickens in the right corner of the end zone for the two-point conversion. So uh, the, the Colts held, uh, had two more chances to – try to tie the game, but Pittsburgh's defense held strong and Pittsburgh walked away with its second win in three games. 
you know, that's almost a winning streak. Not quite, but almost. So uh, I thought the offense was was pretty efficient most of the day. They didn't turn the ball over again. Uh, that's a, uh, been a common theme as of late, not turning the football over. Uh, Kenny Pickett was 20 of 28 for, what, 174 yards. No touchdowns, but again, no turnovers, no interceptions. Uh, and, you know, I thought in many ways he – he uh, played his best game. I mean, I think, you know, some of the throws that, that he completed in that game, uh, even ones that he didn't, uh, they were, they were world-class in my opinion. They were, they were first round caliber passes. Uh, There's a side line pass to Pickens. Um, uh, late in the game, that, that third nine uh, completion to George Pickens across the middle. To me, that was, that was, a fantastic throw and, and it, it was it showed great anticipation by Pickett and obviously great accuracy you know he, he threw he threw Pickett Pickens open which we want what you want to see from a young quarterback uh but I thought his best throw at a game uh showed off his best attribute and that's throwing on the run and that's when he rolled to his right and uh found Pickens in the back of the end zone for the for the uh two-point conversion, and, you know, he threw it where only really uh, pick Pickens could could, could uh, catch it, and uh, to me, that's that was the thing I was looking forward to seeing from, from Pickett all summer and into the season. That's something that a lot of people, including Brian Barry, a, a former player and uh, NFL analyst, I mean, he, he talked about Pickett's ability to throw in a run and how it was Patrick Mahomes-esque, which I thought was interesting. Uh, but whether or not he's at that level or not remains to be seen, but it's certainly one of his biggest strengths, meaning Pickett. So that was fantastic to see. So, uh, you know, people question Pickett's arm strength, and I think he has enough arm strength. Um, and, you know, they were questioning his accuracy going into the game. But as I said last week, that probably – has more to do with him being a rookie and trying to process everything and trying to figure everything out on the run uh, than it is about his a sudden loss and, and, and the ability to, to, to be accurate. You know, I think once the game starts slowing down for him, his accuracy will return, which, you know, as again, it was the number one attribute, one of his top attributes coming into the, uh, into the league was his accuracy. I, I don't think that suddenly goes away. So uh, you basically have to, I, I, I think when you're a young quarterback, you have to, figure out uh, the speed of the game and the fact that college open is not, is not nearly the same thing as NFL open. And sometimes you have to be willing to, to, to fit passes in, into tinier windows because the, uh, those windows are smaller to begin with and they close a lot faster, even, 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 um, you know, even more so. So I, I thought it was, I thought it was a great uh, efficient game by, by Pickett. And, uh, I thought it was a, uh, the, the defense's best game. I think the defense for four, played its best game. There, there were a couple of hiccups there in the third quarter. But again, I think that 89-yard uh, kickoff return shifted the momentum and kind of put the Steelers and their defense back on their heels, heels a little bit. And besides, the defense didn't, you know, they, they had to defend, what, 20 yards? You know, so, I mean, it's, it's hard to even pin that touchdown on the defense, but 
you know, I guess they could have li limited field, uh, uh, Indianapolis to a, a field goal. So, but all in all, I think it was a great game by the defense. They, they had a couple of uh, crucial takeaways. Alex Highsmith played a great game. Uh, what do you have? Another sack, uh, forced fumble. I mean, he's really coming on. And as we talked about on Monday on the hangover, uh, people are always going to question his true abilities because TJ Watts on the other side, but you know, it's not his fault that an all time great pass rusher is, is opposite him at outside linebacker. Uh, he still has to go out there and make plays and um, execute. And he's gotten better each and every year. And that's all you can ask for from a third round pick. And, you know, if he keeps the, if he keeps improving at this rate, he's going to be a superstar. And, and um, TJ Watt may have nothing to do with that. So kudos, Alex Highsmith. Um, and kudos to the running game. Uh, going back to the offense, uh, as the title of the, the show should suggest, uh, the offense continues to soar on the ground, <laughs> if that makes sense. Uh, it's really three games in a row that the that the ground game has been quite effective. Obviously, the Saints, they were extremely effective, 217 yards. But even against the Bengals, I, th I thought they ran the ball well. They only had 102 yards, but I mean, I think you'll, you'll, you'll take that most weeks, 102, especially if 90 of them are coming from your starting running back, Najee Harris. And of course, this past Monday, they had 172 yards. And, you know, the it was so frustrating watching them try to run the ball through the first, what, uh, how many games? Uh, what, eight games before the bye. And it was just, it seemed like a fruitless endeavor. You know, they just, a futile enterprise, if you will. It just, you know, people kept talking about, well, you have to, you have to establish a run. But if, if you're, you know, running 10, 15 times in a game and you're getting nowhere, you're not going to want to keep going. You're going to want to switch things up and start passing. And that's why you saw uh, in, in a lot of those games with Pickett, even though it's a rookie quarterback, you saw him you know, dropping back 40, 50 times a game. And that's not what you want from a, from a, a rookie quarterback. You want more what you saw on Monday and that's 28 dropbacks, <laughs> you know, really efficient work. Uh, so, you know, it, it's a testament to, to the Steelers that they figured out a way to to uh, get better at, at, at the running game. And it's probably just a matter of them, as people often say about the offensive line, it's a matter of these five guys uh, getting used to playing with one another, getting used to playing together, getting used to, to each other's tendencies and trusting one another and getting their timing down. And, you know, I think it's, 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 it's coming through now, you know, uh, they are actually, they are running the ball effectively, you know, um, you know, the whole idea about, about, pounding a rock and, and hammering that rock until you break it. That's nice to say, but again, if you're not, if you're not effective running the ball right from the very beginning, and if it continues through a half, you're not going to, you're probably not going to stick with it. Uh, and to their credit, they've been effective running the ball right from the very beginning over the past three games. And I think that's, that's uh, led to a much more efficient offensive uh, performance specifically from Pickett, who does again, who doesn't have to, to uh, drop back and pass 40, 50 times in a game. So, you know, um, if they continue to run the ball the, the way they, the way they uh, have been, then they're going to control a lot more games as far as time of possession, 
as far as keeping the defense fresh. Um, and that's going to make Kenny Pickett more effective. You know, if they have to respect the run more, uh, then then it, sh- it should open up the pass. We'll see what happens. I'm certainly no expert in that regard. All I all I know is it's hard to it's hard to have a one dimensional offensive attack when you have a rookie quarterback. <laughs> it just is. Uh, it's it's you you want you want your ground game to be effective. You want your ground game to to uh, control the, the the pace of the game, and that's what they've been doing the last three weeks. So. While we're on the subject of of, uh, of the ground game, what about what about Benny Snell football? I mean, here's a guy who's really, really uh, been in the doghouse as far as Steeler fans are concerned, really since the end of 2020, when people started calling him Benny Snail. You know, you know there's a lot of as there often is when Snell was drafted in the fourth round in 2019. There was an awful lot of uh, hope and hype surrounding him. He, he had a really productive career, 3,800 yards, three straight thousand yard seasons at Kentucky. Uh, considered to be a downhill runner, great personality, great smile, uh, great nickname, the whole nine yards. And you know, he had a really decent rookie year. I mean, he, he did have a, a great rookie year for, you know, not, I shouldn't say great, but he came on at the end and he almost, he almost led the team in, in rushing with 426 yards uh, for that really compromised 2019 offense without Ben Roethlisberger. Um, and he, his 2020 season started out really well when he rushed for 100, 113 yards in week one against the Giants uh, when he had to come into the game to fill in for an injured James Conner. But really, that was, that was uh, Snell's last great moment as a running back uh, for, the, for the next two years. I mean, he... he he only um, carried the ball 92 more times for 255 yards over the final fifth games of 2020. Last year, he had 36 carries for 98 yards. And this year, Sunday, he had zero carries. He, he was simply a special teams player, and he only had a few offensive snaps all year. But the problem with last Monday was Jalen Warren was out. Uh, and then Najee Harris had to leave Monday's game with an abdominal injury, one that, as it turned out, required a visit to the hospital. That's how bad that was. So Anthony McFarland, who was the who was on the practice squad, uh, he had to step up, but he only had five carries you know, for 30 yards, which was a, a good average, but he only had five carries. But as it turns out, the guy who really stepped up in the second half, especially was Benny Snell, who carried 12 times for 62 yards, 5.2 yards per carry. And he scored again when he touched down. He showed great vision and, and determination on that touchdown. And I thought Benny Snell looked really, really good in that game. And to me, what does that say? I think it says that Benny Snell was kind of a victim of circumstance. You know, uh, he came to the Steelers right when their offense went from being a strength to a weakness, starting with the, the loss of Roethlisberger in week two of 2019. Uh you know, then 2020, that whole mess. In 2021, the offense was no better. Of course, you lost all these star, the star um, power uh, with AB and Lev Bell, and the offensive line got old. Ben got old. Uh, they switched coordinators. The offense has really been a mess. 
Benny Snell's entire career, and he just got caught up in it. You know, it's not easy being a first-round pick and coming into a situation like that and, tr- and trying to excel. You know, ask Najee Harris, who's had his ups and downs. Try asking a fourth-round pick to, to thrive in that environment. So I think that's that's with Snell's major problem. Too much hype for a fourth-round pick, which all these draft picks get way too much hype now because of social media. Uh, even, the, even the lower-round picks just get way too much hype, and they have way too many expectations heaped upon them before they even set foot in training camp. So that was part of Snell's problem. But the other part was the Steelers just plain stunk at running the ball. Uh, over his first three years here, two plus years, but uh, uh, they've been showing lately the offensive line that they can block for anybody and they can open ho- holes. And and if they continue to be this effective, anybody can uh, can can be effective as a running back uh, behind that line. So I think Snell was able to show off his his true talents last Monday. Uh, which he showed glimpses of in his rookie year. And of course, in week one of 2020, that didn't suddenly just all disappear. You know, it's just that the line got old, slow, and and, and it had to be re- rehabbed. And I'm not saying Benny Snell's on the caliber of Najee Harris or who knows, maybe even Jalen Warren, but I think Snell's talents didn't just disappear, you know, overnight. So kudos to Snell, kudos to the offensive line. And more importantly, let's, hope that the offensive line continues to uh, uh, open holes for, for the running game. Let's hope it continues to, to, um, to, to gel and, 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 and they improve in all areas, including protection, everything. So I'm excited about the running game. Um, not that I think, you know, I, I buy into the myth <laughs> that you have to uh run first or, or you run a set pass or any of that stuff. But I think with a rookie quarterback, again, to repeat myself, you have to have an effective running game. And now they have, that. at least they have the past few weeks. So we'll see what happens moving forward with the ground game. And on that note, at the 2110 mark, I'm going to take this opportunity to allow you folks on the audio side to hear a word from our sponsors. I will be right back on the six pack. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. And welcome back, kids. Welcome back to the second half of the Friday Night Six Pack with Tony Defio. I am he, 
or him. And I thank you for joining me and sticking with me. And uh, let's see what, what people are saying about Brian Brown. Kathy Ford says, and he's got the Jets. Kevin Brokenborough. And by the way, welcome, Kevin. Snell, run well. I like that. That's good. If he becomes a star, that that might uh, that might stick. And Randy says, uh, well said, Tony. Well, my ego thanks you because I have a fairly sizable one. And uh, let's see. What else we have here? This is from Claude Bishop, who joins us from YouTube. Welcome back, Claude. And he says, Benny has proven that he, that the more carries he gets, the better he gets during the game. Yeah, and I think you, you hear that about a lot of running backs. I mean, I think a lot of running backs um, will tell you, ask Jerome Bettis, you know, get me going. You, you, you'd always hear Jerome mic'd up. Keep me going, keep me going, get me in the game, give me, give me, give me some carries. You know, but I think the problem with, with as I mentioned in the first half of the show, the problem that you saw with the Steelers over these past couple of years really is, you know, there was no point after a while of trying to get any of these guys a lot of carries because it's just there was there were no holes. And you know, you, you can give a guy the ball 20 times, and if he gains 40 yards, what 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 difference is that gonna make? So, you know. I mean, I guess there's the whole, the whole, uh, you know, the theory that you rent, you you wear the defense down. But I think you wear the defense down by blocking them on their butts and getting and, and, and as, as they get run over, you know, by the uh, by the tackles and the guards and the centers, and then you know, obviously the the running backs uh, do their part too in in in, in playing a bulldozer. That, I think that's how you rent, wear the defense down with the running game. You don't wear the defense down by running in, 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 into it 40 times for no yards. So, but yeah, I think Snell, just like a lot of running backs, I think, I think they, the more carries they get, the more effective they are, especially if there are holes because, you know, they, 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 they can kind of develop some chemistry with the line. You know, they, they know what, what holes to hit. They know where to go. They, they start, they get a better feel. You know, if you have nowhere to go, and I think we saw this with Najee Harris in that Philadelphia game, you kind of, Get it, start getting into your own head. Like you don't expect any any holes to open up as soon as you get the ball. You expect to be hit. You expect to have to cut cut back or or or, or take the take the uh, the run or take the play in the opposite direction of where it's designed to go because you you don't trust your line to open the holes for you. But uh, you know, I think we're seeing again we're seeing more and more that that these guys are, are getting better at at uh, opening holes. So and and and, and being consistent blockers in the, in, in the running game. So I look for them to get much better uh, as the season uh, winds down. Starting with this Sunday, by the way, in Atlanta. And let's talk about that game. I anticipate a good game. You know, I, you know, I like Atlanta. I like the Fox. I think they have an interesting young team. They, they rem- remind me a lot of, of the Steelers meeting. They're young and they're clearly rebuilding. But you see some glimpses of hope from them you know i mean their, their their ground game is is really really good they're, they're fourth overall uh and and rushing they have four guys on on their team four running backs or four offensive players i should say who have 300 yards or more including uh uh cordero uh patterson and uh marcus Mariota, the quarterback who has 421 yards uh on the year and, you know, Mariota, you can say what you want about him. Uh, 
former number two overall pick. Uh, he's bounced around a bit. He's now in Atlanta. Uh, you say what you want about him, but he's having a pretty decent year. He has 2,052 yards passing, 14 touchdowns, eight, inter- eight interceptions. His quarterback rating is 89.5. That's not bad. That's not bad. You know, he's been effective by and large this year. Um, again, the Falcons have a fantastic uh, running running game. They, they, they spread it around. Patterson has been a, uh, you know, he's kind of like a Debo Samuel, except he's not really much of a receiver this year, just more on the ground. Um, but they have four guys that are effective on the ground. And so, you know, they don't have a conventional running game. They don't have like a, a downhill kind of, you know, pound it, pound the rock kind of a, a running game. It's, but it's still effective. It's obviously been very effective. And that's going to be a challenge for Pittsburgh's defense on Sunday, I think. And, and, um, but I'm, I'm, I have a feeling that, that Pittsburgh is going to be up for that challenge because they're, they've improved from last year when they were, what, dead last against the run or next to last. Now they're, what, sixth or seventh uh, against the run this year. So, and, and they seem to do pretty good against uh, uh, running-type quarterbacks. They seem to have a pretty good um, history against them, you know, you know, people like Lamar Jackson. So, you know, if you can if you can – defend Lamar Jackson, who I think is a much better quarterback than Marcus Mariota, then you can handle Mariota. At least, at least you should feel confident that you can handle Mariota. So uh, I think it's going to come down. It, it may come down to, to uh, the Falcon attack versus Pittsburgh's grounded uh, defense, uh, rush defense. So that's going to be uh, an interesting matchup to, 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 to look for. Um uh, Kyle Pitts, the, the fine young tight end, he's out for the year now, so he won't play. But Drake London's been having a fairly decent uh, rookie year as a receiver, so he might have to step things up. As far as uh, uh, overall, I mean, they're 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 ranked what twenty seventh, even though even though they're ranked fourth against a or fourth uh, rushing the ball, they're ranked twenty seventh overall on offense and they're ranked twenty eighth overall on defense. So. This might be a game where Pittsburgh's offense could could really do some damage, you know, uh, similar to what they did against the uh, the 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 Bengals in the first half before they kind of imploded in the second half. Um, you know, they ran the ball effectively and they passed the ball effectively against the Bengals over the first two quarters, and then the Bengals made adjustments and the the offense was pretty much non-existent in the second half. But you know, the Bengals are a much better team right now than are the Falcons. So uh, I think you know, Pittsburgh could do some damage um, both on the ground and in the air. So I'm really looking forward to this game. I, I have a decent feeling that Pittsburgh might be able to pull this out. Um, but the Falcons, I mean, they're, all, I mean, they're in that, that really horrible uh, NFC South division, which at five and seven, they're, they're in the mix for, for first place. So, they're going to have something to play for. Having said that, if Pittsburgh does win this game, they'll improve the five and seven. I mean, that's first of all, it'd be their first winning streak of the year, uh, two games. The second of all, at five and seven, you might you might start feeling a little bit of hope for a playoff run. Believe it or not, I know it sounds crazy to say, but you might begin to have uh, visions of grandeur when it comes to is that the right phrase? when it comes to a, a, a playoff run down the stretch, you know, at five and seven, 
Pittsburgh would be only one game behind New England, who is still considered to be, quote-unquote, in the hunt for a playoff spot. And I know New England defeated Pittsburgh, which would give them the the uh, tiebreaker, but not really, I'm not really talking about that right now. I'm just talking about Pittsburgh somehow finding itself in the mix for, for the playoffs at five and seven if they win this game. You know, and then you have the Ravens coming up at home. And if you're five and seven going against the Ravens, say the Ravens are, I guess it'd be what, eight and four, at, at best eight and four because they lost last week to the Jaguars. Then, you know, Acrisure Stadium is going to be on fire for that game because I think I think the fans are going to realize that this might be their last gasp at the season staying relevant. So they're going to be uh, fired up about about that game against the Ravens. So you know, then you have the Panthers, Raiders, Ravens again, Browns to finish things out. So you know, if they win this game on Sunday and prove the five and seven, I think people are, going to, are really going to start talking playoffs they're, they're going to start trying to maybe fool themselves or or trick themselves in, into believing that pittsburgh could go on a run now if they lose to fall to four and eight i think that pretty much seals the deal as far as uh their season uh, and being in the playoff hunt because you, you, i don't see them going from four and eight to nine and eight to uh to stay in the hunt so I'm looking for this to be a, an exciting game, and I look forward to go down to the wire. Because why wouldn't it? All Pittsburgh games seem to go down to the wire, except for when they played the Bills and the in the Eagles. So I think this might be a uh, a game that goes into overtime. So I'm, I'm really I'm really excited about uh, watching this game. I think it's going to be a good matchup, and I think I think you're looking at two teams that uh, you know the Falcons. They're really young, but I don't know what their plans are for Mariota. You know, uh, do they want him to stay on as their quarterback? I, I, I can't, uh, given his age, I think he's what, 29, 30. Uh, they may want to try to uh, draft a quarterback um, uh, this coming year, uh, depending on where they finish. But you never know. I mean, if Mariota can resurrect his career. He's still young enough that he could, he could lead a really good young Falcons team into the future. And from what I understand by listening to uh, their uh, play-by-play man uh, on a local segment today, uh, on 93.7, a fan, the Falcons have, they're going to have like a hundred million dollars in cap space next off season. So I mean, they can improve uh, real fast. So, you know, they, they have a lot of young talent and, uh, their prospects for a, a bright future uh, seem to be there. So uh, they seem to be where Pittsburgh's, uh, they, they seem to be maybe a, a step or two ahead of where Pittsburgh's at right now, based on on, on their play and, and the talents they have. But of course they've been drafting in the top five and 10 a lot lately. So that, that helps with the talent factor, but they seem to be maybe a year ahead of where Pittsburgh is talent wise. So it's going to be interesting to see how these two teams uh, match up. Uh, as far as Pittsburgh's injury situation, um, Keller Witherspoon is out again. Um, Jalen Warren is questionable with the hamstring and TJ Watt as a Friday is questionable with a rib injury. So yikes. How about that guy? Huh? He's been 
relatively quiet since he came back. Um, and uh, now he's injured again. I'm not sure if it's, if he's, you know, when they say questionable, it's hard to, hard to, uh, on a Friday before, before a game. Now it's hard to imagine a player playing. So at this point, I'd say if I had to, if I had to put odds on it, I'd say there's 40, 60 against him playing or 40, 60 for him, 40% chance he's going to play if I had, if I had to bet. So anyway, those are my thoughts and we'll now open things up and comments from you and folks in the live chat. And this is from, from Kevin Brockenborough of the Falcons. They remind him of Baltimore. That's actually a good comparison. You know, they have a strong running game. Uh, running back by committee, basically, and they have a, a decent running quarterback in Mariota. All right. Christopher 11. Welcome, Christopher 11. By the way, I haven't seen you in a while. And he says, and I think this is this is true, because Atlanta is a transient city, meaning and they have a lot of uh, people who don't who aren't from Atlanta. I think that's the right definition. Like, kind of like Phoenix. And he says, expect a ton of Steelers fans in attendance. Atlanta is like Pittsburgh South. Yeah, I mean, a lot of cities are like Pittsburgh when they go on the road. But I, I, I expect Atlanta, I expect at least a 50-50 split in Atlanta. I'm looking forward to seeing the crowd. George Tesson brings up a good point. Speaking of which, 48% Steelers fans in Indy. That's right. It was a uh, almost an even split in Indianapolis. All right. And this one is from Kathy Ford. He says, I thought about going to the game or uh, or the NFR. I don't, I don't know what that means, but the but but New Orleans won out. Maybe we'll maybe watch from Mannings. Okay. All right. I, I guess I've I, I jumped in on a conversation. I should have uh, uh, vetted myself. And this one is from George Tesson who asked, Tony, have you gone to a game yet this year? I have not. I have not. Uh, usually these are the years I go to games when <laughs> they have a, they have a, a, a subpar record. Um, I don't have season tickets. So uh, I don't know. I, I, I don't like cold weather, honestly, in case you haven't caught on to that. <laughs> I'm not a very big fan of cold weather. So, I mean, if somebody offers me a ticket, uh, to Baltimore or one of the last games, I might, I just might turn them down. I don't know. Unless it's, who knows? Maybe if it's, if it means something, I might, I might go, especially if it's like one o'clock. That's not too bad, but I'm not a big fan of cold weather. But no, I've not, the last game I went to, uh, was week two in 2017. Uh, my buddy from Philadelphia, the Philly area, Maryland, uh, Greg, uh, he came into town and, 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 uh, and we went. We went together. It was a fun game. Uh, they beat. They beat the, uh, the 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 Vikings. That was the thirteen and three year. All right. This one from Mark Malone, the famed quarterback from the eighties, and he asks, "I wonder which backs will be active. Aren't they all banked up except McFarlane?" Yeah, Najee's banged up, but he did say he was going to play. Uh, by the way, uh, speaking of injury news, Najee Harris did say he expects to play on Sunday. So we'll see. But yeah, uh, Warren's banged up. Uh, he's questionable. As far as Snell, I'm not. I didn't really 
hear anything about him, any kind of at least not anything serious. So I expect him to play for sure. And this one from Kevin Brokenborough about the uh, the playoff possibilities. He says it's not crazy at all. Yeah, you know if they win this week, uh, improve to five and seven. I mean that looks a lot better than two and six did about a month ago. So, you know, then it becomes almost like all right if we beat the Ravens, meaning them, not me. If the Steelers beat the Ravens, now we're six and seven, and hmm, you got Carolina coming up, and then the Raiders. You start to you start to uh, believe a little bit, right? You never know. So, this is from Biggie Bronco, the fame Biggie Bronco, who says, "Congratulations, you guys, on your win." Well, thank you. It was a big win. Uh, and again, I liked I liked a lot of a lot of what I saw from the running game, but but more important, I shouldn't say more importantly, but I think you know. People are still like the picket, you know. I, you know, how can you like twenty of twenty eight for one hundred and seventy four yards? I like it because of of some of the throws he completed, and how accurate he was, and how he would have had a touchdown if Deontay Johnson would have, would have held on to a to a, a pass in the end zone. And by the way, that was one of Pickett's best passes again. The, the one that he tried to complete for a touchdown to to to, to Johnson. Um, so you know, he looked really accurate and a lot of the throws that he made were the kind of throws that you want to see a, a quarterback make to, to give you a reason to believe that this quarterback can, can, can be a, a, a good to great one, you know? So again, that third down completion to, to, to Pickens uh, in the fourth quarter, that was to me, that, that was elite level, that pass, the anticipation, everything, the way he threw him open. Uh, and then of course the, 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 the rollout, uh, completion to, to Pickens for the two point conversion. Those were two big time, uh, passes that if I'm a scout, that's what I want. Those are the kind of passes I want to see from a, a quarterback prospect. As far as, uh, you know, Biggie Bronco, the, the uh, you know, this one from George Tesson about Biggie, good thing you're. Your Broncos didn't get Claypool. Yeah, Claypool has been non-existent. I, I don't know what that's all about in Chicago. I mean, you, you traded a second-round pick for that guy, and he's doing nothing there. You know, he was supposed to be a, a weapon uh, for for uh, Justin Fields, and really, I mean, he's done. He's. I haven't heard. I haven't seen one highlight of that, that guy since he left. So, I mean, who knows? Maybe that's one of those deals where the Bears get burned so badly by this trade especially if Pittsburgh finds a, a, a good prospect with that second round pick that those two teams might never trade again. From, from the Cuda 70, who says really, except for the bills and Eagles, this team meaning, meaning Pittsburgh has been in every game and could have won them. Yeah. I mean, that's one, one way of uh, looking at it. It's an optimistic way of looking at it because it's, 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 it's really, it's true. Yeah. You're talking about the Patriots game, <clears throat> the Browns contest kind of go got away from them at the end, but they were in that game. Obviously, the Jets, you know, you have a 20 to 10 lead. Um, you know, the, the, the Bengals, uh, two weeks ago, I mean, you know, there's a lot of examples. You know, the um, the Bills and the Eagles are the two best teams in, in the league, uh, perhaps. I, I think the Chiefs and the, and the Cowboys and the Vikings might have some, something to say about that, but. Certainly, they're up there. 
and Pittsburgh's just not in their league quite yet. But again, other than those two, as you say, the CUDA, they've been in every game this year. And I expect that trend to continue down the stretch based on their schedule and based on the way they play the Ravens. <laughs> doesn't matter what the records are. Those two teams always seem to, to have close matchups. All right. This is one from Carrie Carey or Carl. I can't, I can't make out the, is it an L or an I? Anyway. And they're talking about uh, Ben's broadcast, uh, his football and uh, YouTube podcast, but you can also find, I guess, on, on the audio side. And this one, he talks about Spence, the, uh, the co-host. And he said he would, he would rather have a, a, a co-host with football knowledge. That might be, a, that's a good point. I mean, but here's the thing about that, about that show is if you watch the whole thing and I've watched a few episodes from beginning to end, it's really like 80%, even when he has his old teammates on, it's really like 80, 90% just talking about beer and life and screwing around and like maybe 10 or 20% football, you know? So I'm not sure if, I think Spence might be the, uh, the, uh, uh, his, his uh, co-host for a reason, because he doesn't want a football guy. He doesn't want to talk football that much. But I do, I am impressed with Ben's uh, personality. I, you know, he's more Terry Bradshaw than I thought. He's more easygoing and laid back. And he has a sort of a, more of a natural sense of humor than I thought. I mean, he's really, I mean, of course he's, he's in his own element. Literally, he's in his house when he does his podcast. So that helps. But yeah, he's really a much better TV personality than I, than I ever thought he would be. So uh, if you haven't watched Ben's football and podcast, check it out. And this is a, this is a good point by Kevin Brokenborough, who's been a really great contributor to tonight's show. And he brings something up that I should have mentioned in my main points, but I forgot because gosh darn it, I just forgot. And he says, I expect the Steelers special teams to be a big part of the victory. That's true. Or it could be a big part of the, of the loss. Why do I say that? Because Cordero, Cordero Patterson is one of the all-time great kickoff return specialists in NFL history. He has nine career kickoff returns in his career. And Matthew Wright, who is he's taking the place of, of Chris Boswell, um, after Boswell went on the IR, he, he's been great. Uh, Wright's been great uh, in field goals, you know, much stronger leg than I thought. Fairly accurate, except for one or two instances where he really, 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 really wasn't. Um, but he's been really good in that regard. But as far as kickoff returns or kickoffs, he can't he can't boot him through the end zone like like Boz uh, is capable of. And and we saw last week, Flowers took one from eight yards deep and almost took it to the house. And if you think Patterson's going to just take a knee in the end zone, I don't care if it's 109 and a half yards uh, or nine and a half yards deep into the end zone. If Patterson gets his hands on a kickoff, he's bringing it out. And I say that because he, he, he'd be crazy not to based on how much the coverage unit struggled against the Colts last week. So that could be, you know, Patterson could be a, 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 a proved to be a vital part to a Steelers loss. So that's, that's one thing that, that had to be shored up this week, or at least been a focus uh, for Danny Smith and, 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 and company. And that's, and that's the, uh, the coverage teams, because it's going it, it, it could be vital uh, in Sunday's game. 
So thank you for, for reminding me of that, Kevin. And this one is from Randy Wagner, who says, Tony, I live in Atlanta and 50% of Mercedes-Benz Stadium, the Falcons' home, will be Steelers fans. That's what it appeared to be the last time the Falcons hosted Pittsburgh when he was there. Yeah, I, 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 I expect nothing less. You know, I think, you know, with, with the Falcons not having a great year for one thing, despite the fact that they, I think they're, they're coming on. Uh, and with Pittsburgh fans being everywhere, Steeler fans being everywhere. Yeah. I expect a 50, 50 split uh, uh, on Sunday. It's going to be an exciting atmosphere. Five and seven against four and seven. Whoever would have thought that, but you know, Pittsburgh, It's a, uh, it's a, it's a ravenous uh, sports uh, uh, a fan base. Holy cow! And this is from Darren Dalton, who I haven't even, I haven't seen, and I don't even. It's got to be months at least. And he says, "Big Tony, it's been too long. Hope you've been well, man. And I have been well. I hope you've been well too. It's been so long since I've seen you. Hope you're doing well. Welcome to the show. Good to see you, man." George Teston says, never estimate an NFL team. Well, if you mean the Falcons, I mean, I, I, yeah, I mean, well, you know, Pittsburgh can't overestimate or underestimate anybody, I should say. I mean, they're four and seven. They have a worse record. I think they're underdogs again. So, no, I, I, there's no team that, that I'm overlooking, and nor should they be overlooking anybody, nor should any of the other fans be overlooking anybody this year. All right. This is one from Biggie Bronco who's asking me and everybody else. And he says, let me ask you all a question from the outside looking in. Do you think it's the head coach in Denver or do you think it's Russell Wilson? Hmm. Well, I'll let everybody else ponder that. But if I had to, if I had to guess based on the perception of, of Nathaniel Hackett, the Broncos first year head coach and, and, and the opinion of him, the, the fact that he seems to be over his head. I'm going to go with it's the coach and not Wilson uh, because uh, why would Russell Wilson suddenly be this bad? You know, I mean, he was an MVP candidate not that long ago. Now all of a sudden he can't figure out a way to play quarterback. So I think it might be the coach and not Wilson, at least not yet. I mean, you know, unless he hit a wall that I'm not aware of. All right. Mark, Mark, Michael O'Malley says, this game worries me due to being back-to-back road games in a short week. Yeah, it's a factor. I mean, it's hard to, it's hard to win on the, in the, on the road in the NFL, period, but it's, it's especially hard to do it in back-to-back weeks and on a short week. So it, that, that could play a factor, no, no doubt. But at least Pittsburgh's still in the same time zone, right? No, no, uh, the Colts are an hour behind. It's only an hour, you know, so it's not really. And plus, they've been in Pittsburgh all week. Uh, preparing so it's that time won't be won't be uh, the, 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 that won't that won't factor in. Randy Wagner says, "What was the reason the run game looked good Monday? Blocking, running, play calling, etc. I think it was the blocking. I think it's the fact that that they've uh, they're starting to gel as a unit and they've been effective running the ball relatively. I mean, uh, since the bye, you know, and I think it's just it's just they're they're." They've been getting better and better in that regard, and I think that that's that's 
that was the uh it's the blocking it comes because when you when you see uh harris not just harris but but warren's had his moments uh before he got hurt and 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 uh mcfarland looked good during his five carries and of course um benny snell looked really good i think it, the fact that all those guys have looked effective at various points since the bye tells me it's it's the blocking you know the blocking's gotten a lot better and this is one from Carl. Yeah, I believe it's Carl. Okay. Do you think the Steelers would draft Joey Porter Jr. if he's available? That's the uh, cornerback from Penn State, PZ's son. I guess it all depends. Uh, I'm not sure where he's projected to be drafted. I guess a lot of that will um, be determined by, you know, the the, the senior bowl. Uh, is he a senior? Uh, but he's, he's, cer- he's certainly coming out for, up for the draft. But that'll be determined by, you know, the, the, the combine and, the pro days, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, team needs. But I know he's definitely a first-round prospect. Do I think they will? I don't know. I don't know. I mean, if he's if he's a, a top five or ten prospect and they're drafting in that uh, somewhere in that area, then why not? I mean, they certainly need a number one corner. And if he's considered a number one corner prospect, then I think you have to strongly consider it, you know, based on the fact that, you know, they have, Cam Hayward's little brother. Uh, they have TJ Watt's big brother, and they have uh, uh, um, they had Terrell Edmonds' bigger brother, older brother on the team at one point. You know, clearly they're not too they're not worried about uh, the perceptions of nepotism. Even though Joey Porter's not with the Steelers anymore, he's certainly a legend. So I don't know. I don't know. I mean, that's a long ways away. Anything can happen between now and then. So I guess we'll have to we'll have to wait wait on that one before we can really definitively weigh in on a uh, with an opinion i think on that note at the, at, uh, at the 52 minute mark i i will take this time to bid you all adieu it was a fun show i thought it was a productive show i thought you guys had a lot of great questions and comments and i thought we covered a lot of ground please keep check, checking back to behind the store curtain the website all weekend as we prepare you for Sunday afternoon's game against the Falcons in, in Atlanta. Keep checking back to our podcasting platform, YouTube, Facebook, and any audio platform of your choosing. Check uh, check in with Brian, his his work this week, uh, Dave, Jeff, every, the whole gang. The, the, the content will never stop coming. Enjoy that game on Sunday. They get a win. Stop and check it out. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.